You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to Into It. I'm Sam Sanders. And this week, celebrity endorsements. Why do celebrities do them, some more than others? Why do they annoy me so much? And are any of those celebrity-branded alcohols any good? Let's start with Euphoria. Zendaya is the breakout star of the very, very popular HBO show Euphoria. But I think my favorite performance in that show comes from another actress, Sydney Sweeney. Hey, Cass. Yeah? I have a quick question for you. What? How long have you been fucking Nate Jacobs? <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? Sydney plays Cassie Howard, this blonde, beautiful high school cheerleader who should just be cool and popular and winning at life. But instead, she's got trouble with her mom, trouble with her sister, trouble with her ex-boyfriend, trouble with some other guy. And watching this character survive all those problems it's kind of amazing. You guys can all judge me if you want, but I do not care. I have never, ever been happier. There's a scene where Cassie gets into a fight That's why you're able to stand with her family on stage during a school play. You're just a fucking bystander. Right, Mom, right, stop! All right. Truly wild. Sydney Sweeney got an Emmy nomination for her work on Euphoria. And she got another one for her role in HBO's The White Lotus. She plays this obnoxious, spoiled teen who, honestly, scares me. Yeah, maybe Grandpa was a power bottom. Does that make you feel better? No. With those shows and all the recognition she's getting, you would think that Sydney Sweeney is sitting on top of the world. But in a recent interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Sydney said no. She talked about being kind of financially strapped even as a successful actress. She says she didn't come from money. She has no family connections in the industry. And right now, to keep affording her life, she couldn't even take six months off if she wanted to have a baby. The internet seemed to hate this take. How dare this popular actress, who lives in a $3 million home, say she's broke? But my next guest was more sympathetic, and she wrote about this for Defector. Her name is Kelsey McKinney, and she says in America, even some famous actresses don't have much of a financial safety net. Because America. 
Um, you wrote a piece recently for Defector, and you wrote the following. You wrote that you can always tell who in Hollywood has family money by their Instagrams. Whatever do you mean? So I'm a little bit obsessed with secret family money in that I think there are a lot of people who pretend to be middle class or upper middle class who actually have a lot of money secretly stowed away. And so I'm Mm -hmm. kind of obsessed with deciphering the signs of this. And there's no better platform to do that on than Instagram because people are posting pictures. And Mm -hmm. you can tell who has family money, like which celebrities have family money. And I'm talking like lots of family money, right? Like deep Hollywood connections because they don't post as much. Or when they post, they're posting pictures of themselves on stage or only self-promotion. And so there's kind of Mm -hmm. a divide appearing between even the top level of celebrities, between people who are posting ads and SponCon and people who don't have to. Yeah. And I mean, it is really clear to tell the ones who are posting Spawn because it seems as if it's all they do. I've got to tell you about the new Waterbank Cream Moisturizer from Laneige. You've heard of Hyaluronic. Yeah, the one that brought my attention to this is Sydney Sweeney because I have loved her work for a long time and followed her forever. And she is always doing advertisements. I mean, this is true for a lot of Hollywood celebrities, but it seems more stark for her. I'm making my own luck this year. And more hydration means natural glowy skin. Pretty impressive, right? So an opportunity comes knocking. How will you make your own luck? Now, you know, she's nominated for an Emmy and you would think that the ads would be dropping off and instead they're not. She's just posting more and more and more of them. Yeah, it's common. And with Sydney Sweeney, Am I sure that I'm going to feel sympathy for her? (laughs) And I think I want to, but I want us to walk through how someone who is one of the breakout stars of, I want to say, the second most viewed show in HBO history after Game of Thrones, how is she talking about, I don't have enough money? Explain it for us. To be clear, I don't have access to Sydney Sweeney's bank accounts, and she has yet to text me any personal details about her life. (laughs) So I'm working solely off what she said, right? So that's a huge caveat here. And another big caveat we have to think about is like, she is rich, right? Like in comparison (laughs) with most of the country, this woman has so much money. And she might be getting richer. She's slated to star in a Marvel film soon. That'll be some Marvel money. Exactly. So huge caveats there. But I think the point she's making is really good. And what she says in the interview is she says two things. The first thing she says is, I don't get all the money I make. Mm -hmm. She estimates that more than 20% of her income is going just toward paying other people who help her do her job. And this is lawyer, agent, publicist, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Her stylist, her hair and makeup the clothes that she wears, right? All of those things cost money. Well, and then she's taxed too. (laughs) And then she's taxed, exactly. And so she said all of this in the context of not having enough money to take six months off. But the reason she said that is that she said, you know, I really want to be a young mom. That was a goal that she had. And she's looking around and she's like, I can't afford to take six months off. Well, and you know, she also pointed out this thing that I don't, feel like we talk about or think about enough creatives today 
in general, just make less money than creatives of a quarter century ago. For actors like Sidney yeah. Sweeney, if you were on a popular show uh, 20 years ago, you'd get residuals and points mm-hmm. if that show went into syndication, which meant that like, if you were one of the Cosby kids on the Cosby show, you were getting money every time reruns of that show ran. That ecosystem does not exist at all in streaming. And even if you make a more direct comparison, right, the Cosby show had way more episodes than a show like Euphoria did. But a show like Sex and the City is a pretty close comparison, right? Like they were both HBO shows, both only on cable. And like you saw a lot of the actors and actresses in that show didn't have to do this kind of work after Sex and the City hit it big, right? They kind of got to take the gigs they wanted to take. And she doesn't seem to be afforded that same luxury. Yeah. You know, when you think about it like that, it kind of makes sense that someone like Sidney Sweeney, who comes from humble beginnings, would do all this extra work. And that in and of itself is a story. But another part of this story was Sidney Sweeney calling out all the nepotism in the industry Mm -hmm. and how those kids never have to work as hard as someone like her is. I was even more surprised to read that because I kind of feel like that is a thing that is not spoken of, especially if you want to keep getting work. I mean, I think it was a dangerous move, right? Like to kind of come into an interview with a publication and say like, hey, there are a lot of people around here who aren't as good as me and aren't working as hard as me and are getting gigs that I can't get is a very strong position to come in on and one that you're fighting a group of people with a ton of power, right? Her peers, people like, you know, Maude Apatow and Maya Hawke and all of these people who have like deep lineages in Hollywood aren't having to do the same kinds of things that she's having to do. And so I- Yeah, Maya Hawke just became a star of Stranger Things. She just showed up. (laughs) I don't know what she was doing beforehand. Right. And she's had that one role, right? And if you look at her socials in comparison, it's only self-promotion, right? It's here's a picture of me on Jimmy Fallon. And I can understand why Sweeney is so frustrated by this because it's like you're looking around at your peers or people who shouldn't be your peers because they haven't done as much work as you and their resume isn't as padded as yours. And they have all of this time and money to do passion projects and take really specific roles that you don't have because you have to take a picture with a, you know, holding a Tory Burch purse or whatever. Yeah. In your defector piece, you pointed out a larger trend that you're seeing. The actual people who make the creative work get Mm -hmm. paid less now for it than they did years ago. But... All of the people on the periphery, the executives, the agents, the CEOs, the lawyers, they get more and more money while they aren't actually making the product. And you had some numbers that kind of point out the crazy level of compensation when you compare what a CEO of a company like Disney makes to a star who we all know. The numbers are crazy. Yeah, the Endeavor mogul Ari Emanuel made $293.7 million last year. And this is the lead agent of one of the big agencies in LA. Mm-hmm. $293.7 million. Like that number is so big that I can't even like say it, right? Like and he that's made just one him year. or the company? Hold on. Just, just him? Just him. Just him. This is you CEO got to be lying. award money. 
So this includes their salary and stock awards. Wow. And Discovery and Warner Bros. CEO David Zaslav took home $246.6 million in total pay <gasps> for one year. One year of work, Sam. <laughs> How dare he? How dare right? you, like, sir? It is hard for me to believe that, one, anyone is doing a job worth $293 million in one year. Like, no labor is worth that. Yeah. Yeah. If we look at the situation that Sydney lays out... Let's call her a first-generation actress. She feels financially insecure, even as she is very, very famous. What would need to change in Hollywood to make that a little better? Uh, I mean, I want to be clear that I'm not an economist, and my only business experience is running a small media company. Um, That's more business experience than me. So, <laughs> it's a little caveat. But I accept there. the caveat. Yeah, yeah. But when I look at Hollywood and places like this, you know, because so many of their workers are freelance and are working for a lot of different places, I think there are a few options. I think the first option is a stronger union, right? They have a union already. I have heard since this piece came out from some people who have argued that part of the reason this has happened is that A-list actors who used to be on the side of small actors are now also producers, and so mm. their allegiance is no longer to acting people making money, but to there not being a strike. Oh. So there are a couple ways you can fix that. The first way you can fix it is you can say, like, if you're a producer, you can't be in the union anymore. The second way you can fix it is just going on strike, which generally works. I think if a company wanted to fix it, which none of them ever want to do, you could simply give actresses, you know, stock options. They could give them investment in the companies that they're making money for. They could pay them yearly wages instead of daily wages, right? There are so many ways to do this. But the fact is no one's trying to right now. Yeah. There's no effort <laughs> happening at the top to make this more even. What Sweeney was trying to do is say, like, the same problem that exists at your, like, whatever regular company, right? Your, like, boutique shop where the owner is taking home all the profit and you're getting an hourly wage is also happening in Hollywood. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is when I see these celebrities selling stuff now in the future, what mm -hmm. questions should I be asking? What should I be trying to think instead of just, oh, that's tacky? Yeah. I mean, you're allowed to still think, oh, that's tacky. Like, I think that's a fair <laughs> response to a lot of things that celebrities do. But I think, you know, skepticism is always a good hat to wear when dealing with any rich person at all. So like yeah. all celebrities, we should be looking at their spawn con with the same, you know, kind of judgment that we would give anyone, but also with the thought in the back of our head that the people who aren't doing it are not not doing it because they have some kind of moral compass or because mm. they are less tacky than the ones who are. <laughs> it's very easy for me to be like, oh, like Sydney Sweeney shouldn't post so many ads. Like that's so silly. But like she's getting judged for that and someone like Maude Apatow isn't, right? Because mm -hmm. Maude doesn't have to. And like, yeah. that's the kind of divide that I think we should be wary of, right? It's like, who are you criticizing? And why? <laughs> so what I hear you saying is, are you a nepotism baby and do you have family money? I need to know. <laughs> you can read Kelsey McKinney's piece all about Sydney Sweeney and her money on Defector. 
The piece is called The Money Is In All The Wrong Places. Also, Kelsey hosts a really good podcast called Normal Gossip. It's a gossip podcast, and I love it. And I say that not just because I was on it before. All right, after the break, we pivot from why celebrities do endorsement deals to whether the things they endorse are any good, namely celebrity-backed alcohol. Our celebrity alcohol taste test after the break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. I'm a mess. LF fucking G. So, a couple of months ago, we had an idea. Uh, I'm your bottle service girl. <laughs> yes, I'll tip your waitress. It involved drinking, lots of drinking, and not only drinking any kind of alcohol, but celebrity branded alcohol. There's a lot more out there than you might think. I'm very familiar with Casamigos. We are amigos. (laughs) The world of celebrity spirits is wide and vast, my friends. And it has included everyone from Angelina Jolie to Jay-Z. I know about, of course, Coppola Estates. So we decided to try some of them right here at New York Magazine. Because that public service Pulitzer is not going to win itself. For this celebrity liquor taste test, we gathered together three Vulture staffers. Senior culture editor D. Lockett. I mean, I feel like celebrity alcohol has been my, in my life forever, even before I drank. Deputy news editor Zoe Haylock. I'm a personal fan of the Mary J. Blige wine. And news writer Rebecca Alter. Never had, but I am familiar with the Dave Matthews wine called Dreaming Tree. <laughs> We're calling this segment Brought to You By. And for this go-round, we did a blind taste test of three celebrity spirits. A gin, a tequila, and, and a rum. A rum. And for each one that y'all taste, I'm gonna give you 
three celebrity name options, and you have to guess which celebrity actually has the spirit. What else should we tell them before we start? I think we should tell them that it's not even 3.30 in the afternoon. We should say that. What? Yeah, it is exactly 3.24 p.m., <laughs> and we're about to drink. Uh, I need to run and get my computer for something. Yes. I'll be back in one second. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we taped this on a Tuesday, and things got a little messier with every drink. For sure louder. Anywho, cheers. We're ready? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Which one should we taste first? The gin, the tequila, or the rum? What is, like, what makes for less of a hangover? What order? <laughs> well, I know that D really dislikes gin. So the question is, do you want to, like, start with I that, get it out of the way? Get, get it, it over with? Get it over with. <laughs> uh, shall we just bottoms up on this on three? Oh, boy. Cheers. Sure. All right. Yeah. Are we cheersing? Cheers. Cheers. To gin. Cheers. To Thanks, drinking. <clears throat> Hmm. First thoughts. Still so much better than vodka. It's actually not that bad. Yeah, I don't hate it. I'm not even front. It actually wasn't that bad. I hate it. The aftertaste, <laughs> the aftertaste was fine. Mm. I want to say it's, it's foresty. I want to say it's like briny. Is that fuck? That's cool. <laughs> There's some acid. Okay, so now let me give you the three options of whose gin it could be. Okay. Mm-hmm. It could either be Meryl Streep's gin, Snoop Dogg's gin. Mm. Or Ryan Reynolds, Jen. Before you say who you think it is, you got to know that you have to say why as well. Okay. How many Oscar winners have alcohols? Yeah, we're gonna need to do an award season edition of this game. I think. Hmm. Also, if we were gonna I'm, talk about, if we were gonna bring in Snoop, then we needed to have some juice for this gin. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. I, I remember writing about his gin when it came out. And he wants it to pair well with juice. And I feel like this fits well with juice. Okay, so is your pick Snoop Dogg? I will lock in Snoop Dogg because I don't want to have anything to do with Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to pin it on Ryan because I think it's bad. (laughs) I'm really torn between Snoop and Ryan. This could be Ryan's because it does taste like it could have been made on a plantation. (laughs) So... All right, uh, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. This gin is actually the gin of one Canadian Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it tastes like how Deadpool's sounds. Wow. (laughs) All right, that's one down. Uh, We got to drink more. Yeah. I'm going to give myself one last little. Yes, I'm going to chase two. Let's chase. Chase. Yeah. Chase break. I chase water. Chase break. Sponsors come through. That's the right. trick. It's you start like doing the, the ad reads now Let's to prove your fake value. Ad read for a <laughs> fake celebrity uh-huh, spirit uh-huh. right now. Mm. Whoever has an idea first, go. Mega Stallion <laughs> Cognac. Oh, go, oh. do it. Hot girl shit. <laughs> Real hot girl shit. All right, okay. Okay, right. go, 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 go. Real hot girl shit. <laughs> what up, potties? <laughs> We're out here drinking the Megan the Stallion cognac, driving the boat. Um, it's hot girl summer. Eh. <laughs> that was it. That was beautiful. I'm feeling my alcohol. Okay. I had a secret shot before we came in here. And I'm gonna well, tell you the reason well. why I had to run out of the room. And you threw is that up. I need to no, oh. no. <laughs> Tell my therapist right now that I can't make the appointment because I'm doing this. 
I'm gonna finish my gin while, while I wait for this. Yes. Okay, if she's not in the waiting room yet. We'll divorce. Guys, fine. I think I'm being ghosted by my therapist right now. <laughs> <laughs> because she knows, she knows. All right, we gotta keep drinking yeah, before I start slurring my words. <laughs> let's do Tequila. Uh, what celebrity Tequilas do you know? Kendall Jenner, mm-hmm. George Clooney. Mm-hmm. What is Ca- you said Casamigos before? Is Casamigos a celebrity brand that I don't know about? George Clooney. Oh, for fuck's sake! Have you guys started the tequila? We're no, we're ready for you. Oh. How was your session? <laughs> Did you have a breakthrough? Seven, <laughs> <laughs> all better. Yeah. So we're doing tequila now. You got a heavy pour, Ooh, Gabby. I'm disturbed by this one. <laughs> this is terrible smelling. Mm-mm. This smells... Smells like hand sanitizer. This smells like the cheapest tequila I used yeah. in, like, in freshman year This is college. a COVID precaution. This is like high tequila. <laughs> this is a COVID precaution. This is yes, drinking this is ivermectin. On <laughs> three? Yeah. Or who knows those trays. Yes, Happy single. Salud. Salud. Oh, it went down it. smoother than I thought it would. Burning less than the Why gin. Why does that have kind of a sweet aftertaste? What sort of sorcery? Yeah, I'm getting lemon in this one. <laughs> yeah. It's giving lemon. Citric. It turns sweet in the end. It's Hold giving on. tolerable. Hold on. If I'm being that honest. That tells me exactly who this is. Okay. This is absolutely Kendall Jenner. The way I've yep. seen her knocking this shit back in the club, <laughs> that's why. It's because the aftertaste just tastes sweet. Here are the three options for whose Tequila this is. Kevin Hart. Oh, well, oh, okay. Mind. Kylie Jenner <laughs> or Rita or Kendall Jenner. Oh, God. Oh, I, this is in this business too? Wait, the Rita Ora talking or Rita Ora. Or does Allegedly, one? Rita Ora. You're the, the fucking th- lying. Rita Ora also has a tequila brand. Jenner, Kevin Hart, Rita Ora. I, will I don't believe that. But now I'm kind of thinking, is there any venture Rita Ora hasn't like, done? <laughs> so like probably... <laughs> What are y'all guessing? Tell me. I have been wanting to try Kendall Jenner's 818 tequila and from the second it was announced, from the second she was accused of cultural appropriation. So I really hope that that's what I just had. <laughs> so you're going Kendall? Yeah. Uh, the inclusion of Kevin Hart in the lineup sort of changed things for me because yeah, I think he would do a very... Uh, baby tequila. Yeah. A baby tequila. A baby, baby's first it's tequila. It's like a baby shot Short type King of Spring. Drink. We're okay with that, though. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, it's not. No, it's not about. It's about personality. Yes, yes. Uh, it's about complex. Uh huh. So I could see him. I could see him slapping his name on this. Okay. Uh, okay. This tequila belongs to. I'm so excited about this one. Rita Ora. That's what Rita's up to. Furious. That's what Rita's up to. Consumer Rita Ora product against my will. Healer. What is the name of her? Can we fact check that? Prospero. <laughs> no. <laughs> Prospero. Is, okay. Is that the name of the Shakespearean wizard? It's really a Tempest reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's smart. She's well read. Okay. She knows things. She said Rita this studies. Magic in you. <laughs> Not for nothing, but her debut album does slap. There are some bops okay, in there. Okay, I think we're all coming around on Rita Ora. <laughs> Like, have I seen this before? What the hell is this that? This is not something I've ever witnessed. That would never lead me to believe this is Rita Ora's brand. Who did she find? Why didn't she put her name anywhere? Why does it Why say since 1900? <laughs> we have one more alcohol, and we'll see if I make it through. <laughs> um, it's the rum. You ready for it? Uh, on three? Yep. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. 
Kiss. Good God. Oh, I love it. I hate it. I love it. I hate it. I love mm-hmm. it. Why do you love it? 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 Dump this. Take the rest of mine. It tastes like expired Hershey's. Dump this into an espresso martini and we are good to go. The three options we have for you to choose from are Sammy Hagar. Oh my God, no. Bruno Mars and Kenny Chesney. Oh, this is absolutely Bruno Mars' rum. This is absolutely, this is a Silk Sonic rum. <laughs> this was made to be drank to Silk Sonic. I also think if we're thinking like Silk Sonic vibes, if these men are smoking cigarettes in <laughs> out the window all day long, this flavor is thick enough to get yes, through that like taste buds murder. So then our votes are for? I'm, I'm gonna say Bruno Mars. Okay, one Bruno. I, you already know, I called it. It's Bruno Mars. It was either Michael B. Jordan, Bruno. but... I take Sammy. We do talk about Bruno. <gasps> is Bruno Mars... Is Bruno Mars... Is, what is it? A chocolate rum? Let me get the... Yeah. It's literally uh, chocolate. It's a chocolate rum. Because he considers himself a chocolate man. I do think the concept of dessert rum... Yes, I want to see the bottle. That's cute. Oh, that's it. That's, that's the bottle. That is so silk sonic. Do you that see is so this? Sonic. The top is cute. Do that you is see so this? I, I'm vibing with this. Yeah, There's very, a bird very vintage. On it. There's that a bird is exactly on it. what I would even. expect. You got to turn it around and see where it's made. Where is it? <laughs> One of y'all say it out loud. Made in the jungle. <laughs> 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 There are numbers about who got what points, but I'm not deciphering that right now. I think we're all tied for one. I can just tell you who the winner is. I have two. D1. Thank you. Ah, Listen, you invite me for a reason for these things. I know what I'm doing. You get to take home the Bruno. (laughs) No, I'm taking home the Bruno Mars chocolate rub. This is for me. Thanks again to our Vulture celebrity taste testers, D. Lockett, Rebecca Alter, and Zoe Haylock. And special, special, special thanks to our podcast operations manager, Gabby Grossman. She helped get all the alcohol, and she cleared the way for us to drink it in the afternoon on a workday in the office. Thank you, Gabby. I would, you know what? I would, you know what he needs to do with this? This He's, is very He Bruno needs Mars to make energy. that cannabis infused, and now we're talking. <sighs> oh, are you pro cannabis drinks? I don't know how I feel about these cannabis drinks. Yeah, sometimes. Of all the, as a gas? Okay, as a solid? Yeah. <laughs> Culture Geist. Culture Geist. You're listening to Culture Geist. Culture Geist. I don't know, y'all. And now for a segment we're calling Culture Geist About all the things we can't stop thinking about The culture that's haunting you Haunting me Haunting all of us For better or worse Hi, my name is Alejandra Gallarde And I'm a news blogger over at Vulture And like everyone else on Twitter I'm obsessed with Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal After five episodes of trying to replicate real emotions and artificial scenarios, the season hits a breaking point when a six-year-old boy named Remy doesn't want to leave the rehearsal because he wants to stay in the world where Nathan is his father. I don't want to leave you. It's okay. It's okay. We'll see each other soon. A season filled with funny moments becomes heartbreaking. 
Well, Remy seems to be doing just fine, thanks to a Twitter update from his mom and grandma, I can't help but think about the children whose parents aren't as involved. The rehearsal has been picked up for season two, which leaves me wondering, who will Nathan Fielder be a daddy to now? Hi, I'm Maris Kreisman. I'm the books editor at Vulture. And recently I went to karaoke and sang the song Somewhere That's Green from Little Shop of Horrors. I know Seymour's the greatest. I played Audrey when I was 11. Um, Very young to be wearing a leather mini skirt and a blonde wig and sporting a fake black eye. But (laughs) at the time in New Jersey, that song felt really silly. Like this sort of cosmopolitan woman longing for the perks of living in the suburbs. A matchbox of room. So then when I pulled it back up, after a couple of decades of living in New York City apartments, the song became so resonant. A grill out on the patio, disposal in the sink. That is the dream. With rent so high, it's good to have a good fantasy once again. My name is Julie Kosin. I am a senior TV editor at Vulture, and I have been psychologically disturbed by the viscerally over-the-top C-section scene in The House of the Dragon pilot, which sees a major character bleed to death for five minutes after having her body ripped open without her consent. Yes, I am aware that the Game of Thrones franchise traffics in graphic sex and violence at the expense of its female characters, but this depiction, coming on the heels of the fall of Roe, not only feels distasteful and gratuitous, it demonstrates a lack of imagination. The pilot for House of the Dragon feels like a crude copy-paste of Game of Thrones. I wish the series made an attempt to say something more interesting than, wow, being a woman has historically sucked. Uh, but shout out to Sean Brooke for acting her ass off, I guess. Thanks again to Julie Kosin, Maris Kreisman, and Alejandra Gularte. My Culture Guys this week is discovering that America's Funniest Home Videos has a TikTok account. And it's always great. You can pass hours watching that stuff. Oh, that's cute, Lou. Our keys. Oh, my gosh. I got him. Oh, no. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. Our show this week is produced by Danae West, Jelani Carter, and Zach Mack. We had editing help from Liza Yeager. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our podcast operations manager is Gabby Grossman. And Hannah Rosen is the editorial director of audio at New York Magazine. All right, listeners, we are back next Thursday with a new episode. Till then, trust me on this. Go to TikTok, Google, uh, not Google, (laughs) search America's Funniest Home Videos, and let it be a balm for your soul. You're welcome. Bye. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running. And that's not the case. Most runners hate running. <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.